Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Now, I'm not watching the Leafs real closely because they're not my team. I bang on them only because of you and Clark. That's it. If the Leafs won the Stanley Cup this year, I'd be as happy as anybody. I'm not joking. Like, it's time for some Canadian team to win. Right. You know, they're probably Canada's best chance. When six minutes are devoted to the Leafs to open Sports Center, you sense that something's coming. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, it absolutely is. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world, the 31 states which we broadcast game plus television. We are at Great Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary, Alberta's entertainment destination, ready to talk sports and entertainment for the next two hours. A star, star-studded guest list today, which includes our co-host, the lovely and talented Darren Moose Dupont over there. How are you doing, Moose? Thank you. You look very comfortable, very... Relaxed and ready to talk sports. That's how I felt when I woke up, and that's what I decided to be in that mood. Very comfortable, very relaxed. Okay. Obviously, headphone problems already. (laughs) I was going to say, you? Yeah, the usual. usual. We got a lot of things to get to, so let's go. I will just tell you that I love her so much. Katrina LeMaydone is going to be with us. There are some who say it's Catriona LeMaydone. We'll get to the bottom of that. I would say Canada's most amazing smile, Katrina LeMaydone. I wore my Saskatoon Blades bunny hug in her honor. She's going to be with us in segment two, so we're going to speed up here. A two-time Olympic gold medalist, bronze medalist, two-time Canadian flag bearer, all of it. Yeah. an icon, and she's going to be with us here at Grey Eagle. And then in hour two, uh, we're going to be joined by Xavier Moon, Los Angeles Clippers prospect, played with the Clippers this year, three-time CEBL Player of the Year MVP. Xavier Moon's going to be with us. So that's what's coming up today, plus a lot of hockey, football, obviously hoops and Olympics talk. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? And a reminder, for those that need to know, we do have the top five, bottom five coming up. But first, NHL one-timers from Tuesday night. I don't have all the games. It's been almost a week now that the uh, wire service has been down, Darren. Like, hello? Should, I, don't, I think I'm going to withhold payment uh, for, for them. I'm seriously considering it, but I'm... I have a little bit of info here. The Winnipeg Jets made dubious history Tuesday night, becoming the first team in NHL history to blow a four-goal lead and then win by four goals. Mark Shifley scored twice and had an assist. He also fought, spoiling a spirited Montreal comeback and leading the Winnipeg Jets to an 8-4 victory over the Canadiens. Josh Anderson had a hat trick for Montreal, which had its five-game win streak snapped. I'm just going to move on. We'll come back on all of these. Also Tuesday, Matthew Kachuk scored 72 seconds into the game and the streaking Calgary Flames beat Minnesota 5-1 to sweep the back-to-back. They outscored um, 12-4 in those two games. Also, Miko Koskinen made 39 saves to lead the Oilers to a 3-0 victory over Philly and Tampa Bay beat the Ottawa Senators 5-2. As our American viewers have reminded me, there are more than just seven Canadian teams in the NHL. Like, I get it. But the bulk of our viewers are on the prairies and then from there, Canada. So I just want to talk about 
these games, and I don't really know where to start. I looked at the standings, Moose. The Jets are still out. The Canucks are still out. Um, you got our, we got our top five, bottom five coming up in terms of who we think are in those categories. But I can just say this. Wonderful night of sports watching as I'm clicking through the remote control here at the Gray Eagle Resort in my spacious room. I feel like Elvis on the top floor with the corner, the right. corner suite that overlooks the mountains on the top floor. It's unbelievable. I love it here. I had the Oilers game. I had the Flames game. I had the Raptor game. I couldn't find the Jets game. Yeah. And I'm like, what were we saying before the show? Creature comforts. I know. I'll make do. Even though I couldn't get the Jets and Habs, I would have really liked to have watched that game. But of all those games last night, was there anything that struck you? Yeah, that Jets game. Like, what the heck? To blow a four-goal lead and then win by four, you know, on the heels of a 10-7 game with Toronto and Detroit on the weekend? Like, something's happening in hockey. Like, that you're having games like this. Now, do I... Love that it's always high scoring. I think the fans like some goals. The coaches don't. But what I love more than anything is that the results are in doubt. You, you know, it's not over. There was a time period where if a team went up by one or two, you shut it off because it's like this game's yep. over. It's not that way anymore. I would agree. I'm not arguing that. Although I had a sense that the Flames were up 3-1 after two. I'm like, this is over. Mm-hmm. The Oilers got up early in Philly. I'm like, this is over. And then I saw the stat that Miko Koskinen is 7-0-1 in his last eight starts. This is from the oil backers. And I'm like, great. I think they're in the forest and they cannot see the trees. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Because it was last year. People, Mike Smith has this great save percentage. I'm not going to sit here and rail on oil or goaltending anymore because I'm, I'm, I'm over it. But the point is, if you don't have goaltending that you can trust, do you tell me that you trust Miko Koskinen? Do you? I'll wait. You don't. You shouldn't. And if I'm the Flames, I trust Jacob Markstrom. And that brings up today's poll question, actually, for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Who is Canada's greatest hope to win a Stanley Cup this spring? And I put a typo in the tweet, by the way. It's on me. Okay. It was, who's Canada's greatest home for the Stanley (laughs) Cup? That's on me. Oh, no. I know. And I agonized on this one because Toronto's in a playoff spot. Flames and Oilers are in a playoff spot. But the Habs, Sens, Jets, and Canucks are not. But I put Winnipeg in there as the fourth just because of our vast amount of Winnipeg viewers. And bravo, by the way, to the Ukrainian choir for this stirring rendition of the Ukrainian national anthem last night. Last I saw on Twitter, the Flames were actually running away with it. Clark, is that the deal on YouTube? And are they still on Twitter? Do we know? Uh, Oh, he hasn't posted it to YouTube. So last I saw on Twitter, uh, the Flames were running away with it. My vote was the Calgary Flames. But you as a Leafs fan, are you... Voting for Toronto? I will. Yeah, I'll vote for Toronto. I'll balance it out. I think there's just, you know, they've got a little more high-end talent. I like the Flames in the back end. I like their goaltending a little bit better. Um, But I'll pick Toronto right now. Why not? It it would be fun. It would be fun if they met in the final. I say Flames. Fun for you and me in this show. Yeah. That I would, I say the Flames. He says Leafs. Let's see where the chips fall. Okay. To the NHL top five and bottom five. Are we ready? To the National Top five and bottom five from the RP show. And let's go. Number one team in the NHL, according to this wonderful program, is the Colorado Avalanche. They're the first team to 40 wins in the NHL. And that's despite a bad start. 
They're the best team in the NHL. Number two, the Carolina Hurricanes. And all I can say about that is when are we going to start talking about the Hurricanes? Right. They're the Rodney Dangerfield of the NHL. They, until they win something yeah. under Brindy. Number three, the Calgary Flames. The hottest team in the West. Statistically, they are winners of nine of their last ten, and they really are smoking everybody. Number four, the Tampa Bay Lightning, because they still are who we thought they were. And they've also won five in a row. And number five, it's the Florida Panthers. Still a great team, but their three-game slide is alarming. And they're starting to talk about that in South Florida. To the NHL, bottom five. Nobody will tell you who it is, but we will. The 28th team in the NHL is the Seattle Kraken. So much for matching Vegas' expansion cousin. How's that working out? Number 29, the Philadelphia Flyers. Can't win for losing. Number 30, the Buffalo Sabres. The losers of six in a row. They are who we thought they were. Number 31, the Montreal Canadiens. Showing signs of life under a peewee coach. They put up quite a fight in Winnipeg last night. At number 32, the Arizona Coyotes. Still dead last. Again, how's the rebuild going? That's the top five and bottom five of the National Hockey League. And uh, feel free to agree or disagree. Moving on to 2.4 today. The Toronto Raptors welcomed fans back to Scotiabank Arena last night with a win. Scotty Barnes had 18 points and 10 rebounds. My favorite Raptor, Gary Trent Jr., scored 24. And the Raps rallied past Brooklyn 109-108. It was a real nail-biter. Fans were allowed in the arena for the first time in nearly two and a half months as the province of Ontario loosened COVID-19 restrictions. Did you watch it? Uh, no, I got the highlights, so I didn't watch it live. Okay. But, but it looks, I mean, it's great that there's fans back. Especially if Toronto can get on a little bit of a run. Absolutely. Yeah. It just felt like old times last mm -hmm. night. And did you, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the outfit that Gary Trent Jr. wore into the arena last night, but it was, it was cool. They were talking about it on the broadcast. It was, looked like somebody threw up on his suit. <laughs> I, bet he, I bet it was very expensive. Uh, to point five, the upcoming Major League Baseball season just got a little shorter. Commissioner Rob Manfred says the sport will lose regular season games over a labor dispute for the first time in 27 years after an acrimonious lockout uh, negotiation collapsed in the hours before management's self-imposed deadline on Tuesday. Manfred says he is canceling the first two series of a season that was set to begin March 31st. Now, did you see what Ross Stripling said about that? The Blue Jays pitcher, by chance? Yeah. He's the player rep, or yeah. one of the player reps for the Blue Jays. <laughs> if you saw it, this does not surprise me at all. It was after midnight, this latest proposal from the owners got slipped to the players, and it had a bunch of new clauses in it in the fine print. Right. And Stripling's like, did you think we were tired? Did you think we were weary and bleary-eyed and just a bunch of dumb baseball players? Which is, frankly, the exact same thing the CFL owners tried to do two CBA negotiations ago. So I'm sorry, um, I don't, I, I'm kind of backing out of this because there's a lot of other wonderful sports going on that deserve our attention other than Major League Baseball. But the thing with the CFL is these guys, in their negotiations, it's not a lot of money there. I can see why they're fighting for every dollar. In Major right. League Baseball, the fight over minimum salaries, like $650,000 what it is, the players want 675000 Like it's, you're not going to be looking for your next meal if you're making $650,000 U.S. No. And that's where I think people are getting upset. I know I am with baseball players. Oh, I know. And, and everything's relative, right? So I you know, sympathize with the athletes who want to make sure that they're making the money. And 
baseball players work probably more than anybody else with the number of games they play and no off days. Yeah, I know work, right? I mean, but it's tiring. Like, we just don't want to hear about it. And, and especially if you're dealing with in bad faith yeah. and jamming stuff in the fine print. So baseball, figure it out. And we'll talk about the leagues that are actually yeah. playing and making news. Here's one for Katrina. Canada has named its flag bearers for the opening ceremony of the Beijing Paralympics. Wheelchair curler Ina Forrest and hockey player Greg Westlake will carry the Maple Leaf when the games kick off Friday. You did it twice, right? Yeah, I remember. Forrest and Westlake are each looking for a fourth career Paralympic medal in Beijing. And uh, so that's big news there. So the Paralympics are opening up soon. I wanted to mention a couple of, those are our six topics. I have a few more. Actually, yeah, that's six. I did talk to the Briar people in Curling Canada today. Yeah. I mentioned going down to Lethbridge to watch the Briar this weekend, and they said, uh, Rod, you missed the deadline. It was Monday. It's a hard deadline to, to uh, get media accreditation, so I think I might have to. You're going to have to buy a ticket? Yeah. <laughs> I think I can swing it. You think so? Yeah. I mean, For one day, I don't think it'll cost a whole lot. You're going to kind of have to. What's yeah. the drive from here to Lethbridge? Hour and a half. Two. Two and a half? Two and a half. I kind of thought after the show we could go get some night draw. A five-hour round trip, be back here. We could do it. Well, you're not even going to be here. No, next week. Oh, next week. Okay. And I wanted to mention, because the junior hockey guys, whom we love the most, are telling us that they have our show on in their dressing rooms every single morning. So I wanted to, uh, the, the coaches and the trainers and the players are all watching. So last night, we got to mention this, the Western Hockey League, Red Deer, tattooed Medicine Hat 11-1 to 1 in Medicine Hat. I got to think that's the worst loss in Tigers history. Especially at home, yeah. eleven to one last night. Red Deer over Medicine Hat, and then Seattle beat Kelowna four three. Out in the OHL because the show's carried all across Ontario on Rogers Cable, Kojiko Cable on this wonderful Game Plus Television Network. There's only one game in the O last night. Ottawa beat Oshawa five three. Flames prospect Jack Beck had three assists for the Ottawa sixty sevens. About that. So there's a shout out for uh, our junior hockey friends. And tonight the Pats are. On the road to Brandon, rescheduled game. I wore my Blades bunny hug in honor of you. I knew you wouldn't forget. We don't forget. And actually, we're going to get out of this segment early and bring on Katrina LeMaydon. So we'll see you uh, next hour, Moose. Sounds good. Okay. We'll be right back. This has been the warm-up. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live streaming on YouTube. And also your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino, there's a look at it. We're over in the Event Center, Calgary's entertainment destination. As we roll with episode number 707 of Daytime Sports and Entertainment Talk, it is a distinct pleasure. Let's get her on the screen. Katrina LeMay-Done, two-time Olympic gold medalist, bronze medalist, chef de mission for uh, the COC this year in Beijing, proud Saskatonian, Canada's most amazing smile. Katrina, <laughs> welcome to the RP Show. Good to see you again. How are you? I'm doing well. When you say smile, it's, I, I'm so not used to wearing a mask 18 hours a day. 
Yeah, well, it's, you it's shouldn't weird. have had to cover that up. Although some people I've seen, I'm like, you should put a mask back on, but not that smile. No, hey, welcome back. Thank you. You made it safely. Yes. Beijing was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. It was actually so well done. I say the three V's, the volunteers, the village, and the venues were spectacular. Good. And going in, everybody said, you know, things will be different. And I reminded the athletes, every game is different. So yes, it will be different. But I don't know if we expected it to be that great. Um, you know, the first few hours in the village, everybody said this is so much better than Pyeongchang 2018. Venues took your breath away. Uh, people walked into the Oval and they actually started crying. It was, wow. it was gorgeous. There was, a, there was a feeling within the venues. Um, volunteers, all of the students, they spoke English really well. They all helped. Um, it, it was so well done. I love to hear that because you know the media. I'm sitting back here reading the reports of the athletes that were quarantined, and they said how horrible that was, the quarters, the food. You never experienced any of that then? No. I mean, the, the biggest stress was, was the month prior to going because of, the, because of Omicron. Mm -hmm. I mean, the athletes have dealt with uh, the pandemic for the last two years. So when people say daily testing, they're like, yeah, we're used to that. Masking, we're used to that. Right. So they've lived in these bubbles. Um, the last month before going, the athletes really had to isolate, uh, continue to train, continue to compete wherever they were in the world. And then the first week, because there were positives, but they were, I learned all these terms, persistent shedders. So it was people who had had COVID and the chief medical officer, uh, Dr. Mike Wilkinson and the whole medical team, they did such a good job, but people were isolated because they were testing positive from shedding, from previous infection. For 450 people on the ground, the day of the game starting, we were at zero. We were at wow. zero and we stayed at zero. So that's pretty incredible. And so people were isolated. A couple of them did have to go to the isolation hotels. And uh, from our team, it wasn't what reports in the media were saying. So I would just say, you know, knows, no offense, right? but don't always trust the media. <laughs> I, well, I know it. I know it. it. It drives me nuts, to be honest with you, that you don't know where who what story you're getting but if i have this right 28 medals 26 26 believe, medals yes. one more than the united states yes. that i know <laughs> that might, that's what i was watching and i think you finished fourth overall in medals but how was the take how did you feel it went success wise yeah and you know what i, I question the number of because i never look at number of medals. oh you don't I, no i never do Okay. I never did as an athlete, I never did as media, and I never have as mission. You team. better explain why, because I always do. Yeah. Every day I check it. Well, and because everybody puts that as expectations. Yeah. It's sport. I mean, if we knew where we were going to end up, and yet people like to predict, but we could have told you, you know, these are the people who are expected to win medals. My goodness, this is the Olympic Games. There are always surprises, good and bad, and we had those. Um, going into these games, the COC did not put a medal count as an expectation. Canada as a nation, yes, everybody was under strict protocols, but Canada was under a tougher protocol than the rest of the world because the bubbles that happened, not this past season, the season before, they were all in Europe. They were under less restrictions than Canada was. We had everything shut down, training facilities. I mean, if you look at speed skating, they didn't have an oval for one year. And so when you look at what our expectations were, it was more of the top fives, top eights. Mm -hmm. So we exceeded probably what the COC had wanted. To me, when I look at performance, it was unbelievable. Like, of course, athletes surprised themselves. And that's what I 
I love to see. And, uh, you know, they, like a lot of fourths, a lot of fifths, which are always frustrating. But then there were these maybe surprise medals and then a lot of new events, which is pretty great as well. See, that's what we love about sport. And for instance, Jonathan Cripps was in that chair last Friday and he said when he was putting his helmet on for the final, he goes, the pressure hit him. He goes, and I smile. <laughs> He's like, this is what I train for. You know what I mean? Well, that's I, never, so I never felt like that. <laughs> I know. I athlete. was like, wow. But then yeah. you're in the right business then. Yeah, for sure. To smile. I thought that was a really cool story. It, it's great. And especially, and they didn't know. So I was at that event. So that was our last medal chance. Last day of the games uh, up in Yanqing, which is one of the three clusters. And as they're coming down the track, they were only one one hundredth ahead of the Germans. And, and at that time, Germans were one, two and three yep. and so justin and his team were one 100th and i asked them later i said did you guys realize and they said no we don't know and so we're sitting there in a hard position because it's probably easier to be the athlete in certain ways than the spectator but um yeah they they rose to the pressure it was, it was i was so happy for them oh I, I, he's carrying the medal around of course and those suckers are heavy were they, they as are. heavy in the 90s as these ones now like benny hebert's from 2010 like put around your neck and you you know they're all different salt lake city was heavy but i yeah. joked that uh you know it was an american metal it was the u.s they wanted to be the biggest and the heaviest oh, super yeah of course yeah. so they're yeah. all different they're yeah. all really different your story of hanging out with shane doan i thought was cool because i've had the great pleasure of being around shane and when i say great pleasure it's because he's just he's like you he's like the light he's always smiling always bubbly always positive and you said i never thought that he was going to be with a hockey team. I thought when the NHLers were out, he'd be mm -hmm. up, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, I, th I think his title was general manager. Yeah. That's what I kind of say. And, uh, I mean, he's my ex-cousin-in-law, yeah. but, I mean, to my kids, he's still sort of Uncle Shane, and so I'd taken some photos and sent them, and they're like, is that Shane? What was he doing there? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's salt of the earth. He was great. Yeah. Um, you know, the men's team, they, uh, they, they struggled, and they were frustrated, and they were upset. But after they were done... A lot of the players and Shane and some of the coaching staff, they came to other events. They came to long track. And they came to, you know, they came to cheer on the other athletes, which didn't happen in Tokyo. So that was one of the pluses because we didn't know if that was going to be possible. But within this closed loop in Beijing, you could do that. And, you know, he's just, he's a great guy. I think for him, because I, I believe his only Olympic qualification was 2006 and they didn't win a medal. So in a way, I feel like to that. 2022 was going to be maybe his redemption. So mm -hmm. I really, I felt bad for the team and I felt bad for him, but it's also an indication that, you know, you go to the Olympics and it's no guarantees, no guarantees. And it's, it's a yeah. tough situation. Well, I had some friends on that team and I watched just about every game and they just, they didn't play well. So there's that too. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, whatever, but Shane will be back. And, uh, the thing with him in Arizona is because a friend of mine owned that team and so I was spending time around the team. That's where I got to be with Shane. He is the most iconic coyote in franchise history. As you know, he'll be back because sure. he's good at what he does. Exactly. I got to ask you this too, though. For, obviously, everybody knows who you are, but three-time Olympic medalist, two golds, one bronze, two-time flag bearer, Canadian Sports Hall of Fame, an officer with Order of Canada, and then 2010, the cauldron. It comes up in your, <laughs> your Wikipedia. We're all watching, of course. Yeah. How, were you dying inside? Uh, you know, you have an earpiece and the producer talks to you and says, okay, keep the music going. And people on the outside had told me later, 
they're thinking, wow, this is going to be dramatic. Meanwhile, you know, the, the trap door of the, of the arm of my arm of the cauldron is going, you can hear it. Or... Oh, well, no, I'm making up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got <laughs> but it. But yeah. you could, you could see it. And I'm like, oh man. So then when the uh, producer said, you're going to, you're going to turn and salute the IOC. I'm like, I felt like stomping my feet going, why me? I don't want to do that. Why not Gretzky's? Like, why does mine have to screw up? But, you know, it ended up working out and they brought me in for the closing. And so I think at at Vancouver, well, Vancouver, I carried the tort four times, four different times. And I think that's a record. So yeah, just had had to do a little stat. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Well, so it was you, you and Wayne are the only ones that remember. Do you remember who the other? Nancy Green, Steve Ski Nash. Great, and Steve Nash. Well, yeah. that's no, no slouches there no, either. No. Yeah, and what was, of all those ceremonies, when you say all the Olympics are different, I guess all mm-hmm. the ceremonies are different then, right? Or do they, they kind of feel the same? No, no, they feel totally different. Um, you know, but I often say that my most sort of emotional Olympic moment was October 30th, 2009. Simon Whitfield and I were the first torchbearers. As an athlete, you prepare. As media, you prepare. You're ready for situations. Be ready for surprises. In that moment, we were the first ones to light the first torch, start the relay. We didn't know what to expect. And I remember lighting it and jogging down that first 100 meters and being overwhelmed with the the looks on people's faces, not as they looked at us, as they looked at the flame. And I believe... 100% 100% in the power of the Olympic Games, the power of the flame and the power of the rings. But that moment overwhelmed me. And I think just, you know, having young kids at the time mm-hmm. and, and sort of seeing it in a different perspective. So that would probably be my most emotional Olympic moment. But then being chef, I've always said that that has been my dream. And it really came full circle. So, you know, it's sort of the, it was the icing on the cake. And I guess I look at things now saying, you know, what now? What now on that side? I, you know, I work day to day in community sport, being CEO of Sport Calgary, but I kind of go, what now on mm-hmm. that side? Of course. And, and I don't know. I can't answer the question. So is it scary, or you just know it's um, going to be good no matter what? It, it, it's intimidating for sure. You know, I'm 51 years old, and I sit there and go, what am I going to do when I grow up? And <laughs> I, I've lived, I've lived parts of my dream. And you know, what's really neat is it was stressful for my kids for me to leave for a month, especially for my 17 year old daughter, but. She said to me the other day, mommy, it's done. You're back. We, we made it through. And yeah. so, you know, they see that I'm able to volunteer for a month, live what I want to live, but be a part of everything with them as well. So it's exciting. Um, but yeah, it's intimidating because yeah. I, you know, I look at where I want to be and I, how do I get there? Yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned we did that event in Weyburn together. It was the Red Wings uh Mm-hmm. fundraising right. banquet and you were saying to me at the table but also in your speech how difficult it was in the 90s training financially right mm-hmm. so when i talk to olympic athletes now justin crimps the most recent i'm like was it a struggle and he's like mm, not as bad as it used to be we've got sponsors <laughs> blah, blah, blah. so were you a bit of a trailblazer in that regard do you think getting that story out there Maybe. is there more sponsorship now than there was i think there is more sponsorship um you know it's it is a bit of a different world which is great for the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what people don't realize is any of these roles don't come with a paycheck. I mean, yeah. uh, my four, I took my four weeks holiday. This was a volunteer role being chef de mission. So, um, you know, when people say, make sure and take a week off, it's like, uh, I don't have a week to take off. I'm back yeah. to work. But it's, it's for sure easier for the athletes. But again, no athlete then just sits there and says, okay, now I'm just going to live the life of luxury. Cause that's not what it's like. The athletes are driven individuals. And so, 
I think for myself, it didn't come with, you know, much of a paycheck, but I didn't necessarily want that because it's, you know, what am I going to do from being on the podium? How do I use that to, to sort of better sport? And that's, that's the personality of, of most athletes. Well, I learned so much chatting with you, and I can't remember if that was before or after Michael Phelps did his 10 medals, but you were explaining how in America mm-hmm. it's different. In a lot of countries, it's different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, for sure, in, in the U.S., they definitely get big bonuses for Olympic medals. Um, if I was in Holland, I'd be a gazillionaire because really? we are like the NHL players. So to put it in perspective, when I had my daughter in May 2004, it was on their national news. So speed skaters in Holland, yeah, we're, we're the big thing. We're the most famous of, of all sporting. You ever thought of moving to Holland? <laughs> no. No? I love Canada. Okay. Thank yeah, okay. you very yeah, much. Yeah, okay. Um, I love tulips, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to, you know, and some of them are my best friends, but um, it, it's just different. But we don't, that's not our choice of, of, choosing, of choosing the path of being an Olympic athlete for Canada. That's not why we do it. Of course. So some sports have shows. I mean, I was talking to the figure skaters. Some of them are trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And they said, we'll do some shows. And, and you know, financially, that makes sense for us. And then we'll wait and see. So you know, some, some sports have opportunities like that. Yes, but you shouldn't have to be living on Campbell's Soup and Kraft Dinner either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My, my parents paid my rent until the day I retired, until I was 32 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I was very fortunate for that. But not every athlete has that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So with the chef, I, I say chef de mission, I always have, uh, I guess I should update that if it's chef de mission, because Leah yeah, <laughs> said the same thing. What is that job? So it's uh, leading up, it's, and you apply for the position. Um, leading up, it's sort of the spokesperson, the, the leader, the you know, front and center. And there was a lot of controversy, obviously, between the games being in China and through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of controversy. And I embrace that because to me, you go back to the meaning of sport. And we needed these games for sport. We needed it at the most basic community level. We needed it at the high performance level. And we needed that inspiration as a country. And also, um, you know, through the pandemic, sport was taken away. So, again, that's another message of, how do we get sport back and make it a priority? And again, I don't mean that every athlete, every person involved in sport is going to be at this highest level, but we need people to be active and to be healthy, physically, mentally, and socially. So once the games began, uh, and so leading up, I would also have meetings with the athletes, virtual. Uh, the only actually team announcement I got to go to was the, were the curling trials in Saskatoon, mm-hmm. and then Omicron hit. So then everything was changed. Um, but you know, at the games, it was because of this closed loop system, you know, there were no real issues. Uh, I felt like I had 215 children and I was the mom to them. And, you know, I, I think also for me, I'd actually just, my, I'd lost my mom two weeks before the game started. So Sorry it was, you know, a situation where my mom was at every game. So parents can't be at these games. This is my role now. And, you know, That's I, a prop, good way to look at it. Well, right? it, it was, it, it's yeah. the way it was. And literally athletes, like I, I would look at a schedule the night before and I'd be like, okay, I can take the train here. And I would get to all three clusters and I'd be at five or six events. And literally athletes were like, wait, we just saw you in Jinjang. You're everywhere. Wait, you were in Yanqing. How, how are you here? But that's what I love. And, you know, I'd get, I got direct messages from athletes saying, uh, from one of the biathletes saying, hey, I didn't know you were at my event, but while I was skiing, I heard you, I heard the drum and I knew you were there. Thanks for coming and cheering. And that to me was, 
was the role I needed to be. And it was, it was like, again, full circle. I said I would never get the Olympic rings tattoo until I was chef de mission. I got it two months before the games. Wow. And that's, that's how much it meant to me. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> can you stay for 10 more minutes? I can One stay more quick segment? Uh, I'm not going till gotta, 3 o'clock to left. Okay. <laughs> I got a couple things I want to ask you. We'll be right back with Katrina LeMay Doan, three-time Olympic medalist. You're watching the RP Show from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now you gotta subscribe click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed gray eagle resorting casino the place to be calgary's entertainment destination by the way this week we are Giving away tickets to, what is it, Moose? Air Supply, March 18th, Foreigner, March 20th, right here in the Event Center. Are you a fan of those iconic uh, bands? Both of them? How could you not be? <laughs> Maybe it won't even be a contest. Maybe we're going to give them to Katrina and her family. I, people are seeing Air Supply, Foreigner, they want to go. Not to mention Jeff Foxworthy on May 28th and comedian Tracy Morgan coming here. Uh, the Buddy Holly tribute. So go to the Great Eagle website. It, this is Calgary's entertainment destination. And we're so pleased to have Katrina Maydone come down. I almost let you go, and then I realized I have to ask you about Russia and them being banned from all world sporting, almost all world sporting events. And you must have a take on this situation. <laughs> a take? An opinion? An opinion, however. Yeah, you... very frustrating. Um, you know, the, I, I don't get into social media debates until some people say, oh, you can't win unless you're doping. And Marnie McBean and I, whoo, we will fight that one to the death because mm -hmm. we're proof that you can win clean. So the fact that, you know, it was very frustrating in China, the situation with the figure skating. The situation that they're called the Russian Olympic Committee, yet they're not supposed to be under Russia. Um, you know, that'd be like us being called the Canadian Olympic Committee. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So uh, the steps need to be stronger um, on the sporting side. They need to discipline the athletes. They need, there needs to be repercussions for cheating. And so, you know, people say, well, it's unfortunate because athletes that are clean or aren't doing anything bad are being punished. But you are under the country flag of Russia. And so you just that's the consequence so mm -hmm. things need to happen on that international olympic committee level and everybody says it even at the closing ceremony in beijing at the olympics uh the top two in the 50k and that ceremony is always done at the closing ceremony the gold medal silver silver medalists were from russia and they had their flag pinned to their sleeve why is that even allowed when billions yeah. of people are watching so it's frustrating. So, yes, I have an opinion. <laughs> well, yeah, sports is, although it seems vast, it's kind of a small community. And I've had a lot of friends that have coached, officiated, obviously participated at the Olympics. And the stories that I hear, especially on the judging side of the opportunities for bribes, bribes offered, that's a whole other thing, right? At that Summer Olympics, that was boxing. You must have been happy that you were just competing against the clock. Yeah, and you know what? I truly believe that 
everybody I was racing against was clean. People said I was naive. And I said, well, if they are dirty, I just proved that you can be clean and beat them. So there you go. Makes that winning is, better, right? Yeah. And, you know, I just actually, just last night, was starting to watch Icarus with my 17-year-old daughter because they were talking about it within her ringette team and within social studies with what's happening uh, in the Ukraine and Russia. And so we were watching it and she was just flabbergasted that something like this could go up to such a high level of politics. And so, you know, we, we've made sure, and I, I love working with the Canadian Olympic Committee, but knowing that anybody who's involved in the Sochi games, I, I will never be involved with anybody, whether they're Canadian or not, if they were involved in those games from that Russian side, no. Do you support your friend Wayne Gretzky and those that say Russia should be banned because of their invasion of Ukraine from world events? Do you support that? Well, probably. I, I, what I support is that Russia as a whole, sporting and everything else, there needs to be consequences. The sporting side has not had the discipline that they deserve because they continue to get caught in doping situations. So how will it make a, a difference? Is that by banning all Russian sports, perhaps, which was talked about before and not really done. So, you know, any sort of discipline. You kind of go, oh, okay, well, that's all right. No, you need to be, people need to be disciplined. There needs to be respect. And so as soon as there's a lack of respect for yourself and for others, and that's where it's at right now on the sporting side. Wow, great answer. Now, before I let you, no, I'm serious, man. I, I haven't thought of it that way. It's very well thought out. I don't know if you, you probably didn't know I was going to ask you about I that. I did so. not. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking on your feet. Now, the drum. Yeah. Tell me about this. Well, you know, and I brought it because people, I, read social media. I looked at it and people said, is she going to bring the drum? Uh, this was a gift from uh, Chief Wilton Littlechild, who's uh, an honored member of Canada Sports Hall of Fame. And it was, a, it was a beautiful ceremony. And, you know, the fact that I'd actually just lost my mom a week before and she had taught in Saskatoon at a 99% First Nations school. It, it was just, you know, and, and, and Willie was just, he was very, uh, it, was, it was beautiful. So the bag is gorgeous. I ended up stopping yeah. to bring the bag because it was just, I just carried the drum. Um, the bear is about uh, team and courage, and that's what uh, our, our team needed. And so they actually um, gifted this uh, from, and they blessed, there was a blessing that was done by Elder Lightning. And it was from all four corners because they knew that athletes were coming from all four, four corners of Canada, but also four corners of the earth when we were gathering in Beijing, because athletes were coming from all over. So I took this drum everywhere, and I took a photo that it was at every single venue. Um, I, I used it so much that there might be a little bit of duct tape on the inside. Yeah, uh, it, it, it did crack, but that the cold was extreme. I heard that. The minus oh, yeah. 20s, oh, with Justin wind, said. With yeah. wind, it was into the minus 30s. At, at cross country and biathlon, my goodness, those athletes are so tough anyway, and then in that in that weather but you know this drum and, and people heard it on tv and they said oh, yeah. okay we know that and so will chief willie had said um this is going to be the heartbeat of all people so it will it will gather all people in canada and then the heartbeat will also be all people in china so this was a representative of all people cheering for the athletes and i had one tweet from a mom of the skeleton athlete like 20 years old, and she posted a picture, and I mean, it brought me to tears. She said, when you can't be there for your son, but the heartbeat of Canada is there cheering him on. And then one of the biathletes who said, yeah, who had said, you know, thank you. I heard the drum while I was skiing. So it was just the fact of, of being there and being a presence 
and, um, and having the drum with me. Um, Thomas Bach, who's the president of the IOC, he was like, I hear the drum. And then when we come out of an event and he's like, there you are, Catriona, you have the drum with you. And so even the president of the IOC was doing that. I was on the train one day and one of the guys walked by and said, oh, I'm with NBC. There's the drum. We hear it all the time. So it, everybody knew yeah. it, become, it became known. And I, and I just thought how special that this is. It, it was it was an example of, you know, the COC's commitment to reconciliation, truth and reconciliation. And so and it, it just happened. It, right. It's, it just it's organic. They, yeah. they had it in Tokyo. They had one in Tokyo. It was from a different nation. And this was from the Maskwachi, which is just north of, uh, of Red Deer, just south of Edmonton. And, you know, even the date of the person who, who made it, it was January 11th, 2022. Ooh. So it was... Uh, Fresh. Yeah. And even, well, even, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, even with the crack, it still... Sounds amazing. I know. And so, you know, my kid <laughs> said, what do we do with it now? And I'm like, well, I guess I'll talk to Cheryl. I don't know if it should go into Could a Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame somewhere. Yeah, I'm not exactly. sure, but it really was the heartbeat of Canada. Well, so. Chief Willie Littlechild sounds like something special, too. He is great. And yeah. he, Thomas Bach knows him well. He's known on the international stage. And I'd worked with him with 2010 and you know, with Vancouver putting in a, possibly putting in a bid for 2030. So a lot of the nations will be involved as well. Probably We're watching closely. Yeah. Yes. All right. This is always great to chat with you. You're so yeah. great. I appreciate this. And congrats Thank on the you. successful Beijing. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with viewer takeover. And by the way, the Clippers, Xavier Moon is coming up in hour two of the LA Clippers, the Edmonton Stingers grad. We'll be right back. You are watching the RP show live on Game Plus TV, YouTube live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Welcome back live. Very big day here at Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. Obviously, we've got it. Both Lee and I were wrong. Catriana. We got it. Thank you. Moose spelled it phonetically. And I appreciate Steve Kerwin for uh, hanging through that. And obviously, he enjoyed it, I'm sure, from Telemiracle 46, the chair of Telemiracle 46, because we are. it's the draw date for the 50-50. Steve joining us on video chat today from uh, from the 306. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. And you? Oh, always great. Always great to talk with great Saskatchewan people from Catriano Lemaidon to now yourself. And it's a very big day for Telemiracle 46. We've been running the 50-50 for, what, six weeks or so now? Get, tell me everything that I need to know, and our viewers too, about Telemiracle 46 and the second year of the add-on, the online 50-50, please. Well, Telemiracle 46 is going to be held uh, right here in Regina from 9 p.m. Saturday to uh, 5 p.m. Sunday. Uh, we have a pre-show uh, coming live stream through telemiracle.com. It'll be a couple hours before the show, and that's when we're going to announce our 50-50 winner. And just before I logged into the call, I checked our 50-50 total, and we're up in and around that $330,000 mark for the total. So uh, 160 dollars would go to the West. going to be drawn uh, tomorrow um, after the closing time and announced on our pre-show. Uh, I think it's going to be outstanding. So the, the viewers need to know 
the draw will be made within the next 24 hours, but the winner will not be announced until next week with Telemiracle. And the total's jumping up right in front of our eyes. Steve, why do you think, can I just ask you this out of curiosity, why do you think we in Saskatchewan are last-minute people when it comes to donating to Telemiracle? <laughs> why, I'm sure you would prefer they did it in advance. Oh, yeah, we, we definitely would prefer we did it in advance. But even last year, the 50-50 the total doubled within the last two days of the draw. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise us. Um, we're hoping to push it by four o'clock today. Um, we're hoping to reach that $500,000 mark for the total, which would be a nice 250 for the winner. So, Well, obviously, absolutely, we want to get that done. So what is the best way for our viewers right now that have not yet purchased their Telemiracle Online 50-50 tickets to go and do so? What's the process? That's telemiracle.com. There'll be a banner that comes up on the screen. Click it, and away you go, and it walks you right through it. Can you speak to the importance, if you don't mind, of the Kinsman Foundation, that the people that don't know yet uh, where these gifts, maybe where the money's going, because people ask all the time, where does the money go to this? Can you speak? Do you have any personal experiences on that, or how would you answer that question? Well, I do have... Uh, some personal experiences. Uh, Tall Miracle helped out my sister. Uh, helped out a couple, of but the money always to Tall Miracle over the, since 1977, which is 145 million dollars right here in Saskatchewan, stays in Saskatchewan. Um, so anybody that has a Saskatchewan health card that needs help with medical travel or uh, equipment, you just make your application to the foundation, and oh, and we will. Uh, work on approving it. Outstanding. Well, we all know, uh, those of us that have been in Saskatchewan a long time, the importance of Telemiracle. This is the 46th year, and the Kinsman continues to do great things. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you'd like to add, Steve? Would really like it on uh, Saturday and Sunday and ring those phones for us. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Steve Kerwin, the uh, chair of Telemiracle 46. Before we uh, shut her down for hour one, the International Paralympic Committee says Russians and Belarusians at the Winter Paralympics in Beijing will compete as neutral athletes because of their country's roles in the war against Ukraine. Russian athletes had already been slated to compete as the Russian Paralympic Committee as punishment for the state-sponsored doping scandal at the 2014 Sochi Olympics and subsequent cover-up. To better news, the Maple Leafs look for their fourth win in a row when they host the Buffalo Sabres in NHL play tonight. Toronto goalie Peter Mrazek is expected to make consecutive starts for the first time this season. This sports update is for the Tab Brewhouse and drive Through Liquor Store and Ballers Rec Room. We'll see you for Hour 2 coming up after this break here on Game Plus TV. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.